Hello, and welcome to Falter Ego episode 31. Um, saw a funny tweet this morning. <laughs> Such a boomer thing to say, isn't it? Hey, hi there. You, you there, son. I uh, saw a funny tweet this morning. Uh, you like to hear it? Yes, I would love to hear you read out the internet to me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but it was something like uh, humans are doing all the low paid uh, low was it? Let me find it actually rather than try to remember it. Um, who sent it to me? Got it here somewhere. Yeah, humans doing the hard jobs on minimum wage while the robots write poetry and paint is not the future I wanted. <laughs> Which is it's very uh, it's quite an accurate description of what's happening at the moment. Lots of people uh, using AI to uh, churn out really great imagery and yeah, limericks and stuff. It's like, can we just, okay, that's nice. AI's had its fun now. Can we get AI onto, yeah, <laughs> cleaning toilets and, uh, you know, doing all the stuff we don't want to do? Can we get to that bit now, please? Anyway, I think I've discussed this before, but I wanted to hone in on it specifically was, um, uh, will AI ever replace psychotherapy? Um because that's something that's been concerning me. Um, so that's what I... And it's just going to be a short discussion. But um, yeah, will AI replace psychotherapy, which I've touched on before briefly, but I want to go into it in more detail. And I think the answer is yes. I think it will. Uh, I just don't think that it's good that it will. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it can and it might, but it shouldn't. I think that that's the answer to that question is, you know, will AI replace psychotherapy? Um, I don't think it will fully replace psychotherapy. And I think the most helpful analogy here is that, you know, it, it might take a chunk out of it, um, but it won't replace it fully in the same way, to analogize for a second, in the same way that McDonald's um, didn't replace all food, you know. But it has become a uh, an easy go-to staple for lots of people in a rush or lots of people who um, have economic difficulties. It is there and it's appealing uh, and it's fast and it's convenient. It's pretty yummy because it's got all the things in it that we, <laughs> that are naughty treats, you know, lots of fat, sugar, salt. It's very yummy. Um, and it, it it's in the same way that AI is a sort of syn is a sort of synthetic mimicry of human behavior. So too, McDonald's is sort of a mostly synthetic imitation of food. Um, it appears to be food, and it seems to function like food. Uh, but in the long run, the overall impact uh, is bad for us. There's an accumulative cost. Uh, that comes with uh, just eating that forever. Even, you know, semi-frequently, it's, you know, it's not that good for you. Um, and I think, that's a, I think that's a useful way to, to think of AI, specifically in the context of um, therapy, counselling, um, or any sort, of, any sort of service that depends on the warmth of human interaction, teaching, you know, teachers, lecturers, university lecturers, um, having a, 
a supervisor, a tutor, you know, um, babysitters, you know, daycare, all these sorts of things. Um, but let's let's keep it specific and keep it on on uh, psychotherapy counseling. Um, that, I mean, on to start with the positives. I, I think there will be a a portion, a certain area of psychotherapy, therapy, psychological therapy that will become more accessible to people who can't afford it. Um, so I don't, for example, I don't think AI will replace therapy for those who can currently afford it. Um, but there are lots of people who can't afford therapy and there probably will be at some point and probably not, we're not, probably not too far off where there'll be an app. They'll develop a therapy app, you know, um, that you talk to and it talks back and, and we're probably only minutes away, let alone days or weeks. From, I mean, and I think people have already done this, but they've plugged, you know, chat GPT into a voice thing, speech generator that takes the, the text that chat GPT is churning out and, and turns it into like Siri-esque talking. And in the other direction, speech recognition, turning into typing. So you are having a verbal conversation with chat GPT. And we're not far off from just having an app that you talk to and it talks back in the moment at the same pace as a human would come up because you can see how quickly, you know, chat GPT can churn out paragraphs of text in, you know, half a second. So it can definitely talk uh, extemporaneously, you know, in the moment and without preparation and, and organically. It'll seem like you're having an organic conversation. But I think there'll be lots of people who won't be able to afford, you know, whatever it is, $300 an hour to see a, a psychologist or a mental health professional, but they will be able to subscribe <laughs> uh, $20 a month to the therapy app. I don't mind, you know, some it'll have some cool name. And it'll be like Google, but with a mental health skew. And it'll have access to all the resources and journals and papers and you'll be able to say, hey, and also it'll be available. You won't have to book an appointment, you know. Say you have a shit meeting or an argument with a colleague at work or a, uh, an argument with your spouse or child. I'm feeling really, sh hey, booted up. Hey, therapy up. Hi. Hi, James. What's up? Uh, so I had a shit day at work, blah, 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 and say, oh, no, well, maybe, oh, that sounds really bad. Maybe you should try these things. And it'll have access to all the resources, you know, breathing exercises, stretches, you know, maybe you should, maybe you should go out for a walk. I've just searched your geolocation. Here's a forest that's a five-minute drive from you. If you go now, you'll make it before golden hour. It'll be perfect. <laughs> you know, it'll be able to do all that stuff. And maybe for certain chunk of the population who can't access um, a psychologist long term, that could actually be beneficial. I'm not going to lie. It could actually be quite good because it'll be a resource. It'll sound like it's listening. It'll be well connected to multiple uh, sources of information, maps, journal articles, time of day, you know, all this kind of stuff. 
access to local community groups, you should join this painting group. It has meetups on Fridays, you know. It'll just fucking know everything. Um, and that'll be, that'll be fine. Um, just have access to those resources, you know. What should I do right now? But again, in the McDonald's analogy, um, long term it will be lacking something. It won't be wholesome, as wholesome and as nutritious as in-depth. It might be able to put a Band-Aid on a problem, I suppose, but in-depth it won't be able to get to the crux of the issue. You know, it might be able to solve the fact that you've had arguments repeatedly with your boss, I doubt it'll be able to therapize you to the point it gets, oh, re the reason you keep having arguments with your boss is because actually, because of this more deep-seated psychopathology, you know, this deep-seated uh, disorder that you might have, you know? So it'll be the McDonald's. It'll plug a gap, and that's fine. You know, McDonald's once in a while, if you're hungry... Fine. If you've, there's the $20 subscription to a therapy sort of AI assistant life counselor app that gives you nudges for breathing exercises and listens to you and can come up with geo-specific, time-of-day specific advice, fucking brilliant. But it's not long-term there'll be a, a, a cost, right? It shouldn't replace more in-depth stuff it'll but it'll be a handy band-aid in between for sure um so that yeah there'll be that app but the thing that's lacking from say an interaction with a human therapist is well there's several one is is empathy so ai has been through nothing it's experienced nothing it's never suffered it's never had to face adversity. And so there's no empathy. It can mimic empathy, but it doesn't actually experience empathy. You're not sitting opposite something that's empathetic. Um, if you are in therapy because you're going through some awful period in your life, whether that's some sort of illness, divorce, chances are the human therapist sitting opposite you. I mean, what are the divorce statistics these days? Is it one in two, one in three? So if you're going through it, there's a one in three chance your therapist has also gone through it. Um, or there's probably a 100% chance they've been through something equally as traumatic, you know, death of a loved one, death of a relative before their time. Um, they face some sort of awful illness, extended periods of financial hardship, something. They've been through some shit. There's a one in one chance that they've been through stuff. And so you know that they've overcome suffering, they've faced suffering, they've faced their own mental problems and they've uh, managed to get through them and find a healthy way to continue their life. So you, you're sitting opposite someone who's hopefully put their... Uh, they've not just talked the talk, they've, they've walked the walk. Well, an AI can't walk the walk, it can only talk the talk. Um, it's not experienced anything, it's not been through anything, so there's no empathy there. Um, so you know that your your therapist has potentially been through some stuff. And so there's empathy there. Um, there's also warmth there because they've chosen, unless they're a psychopath and enjoy listening to people's suffering, they've chosen that profession. 
So you know that they're invested and they know they, they've apparently probably have some sort of sense of calling or duty to the community. A lot of people like myself are turning to, you know, I'm doing psychology now in my 40s. Um, it's quite common if you look at people's uh, developmental psychology, you know, you're quite full of ego as such uh, and such in your youth. And it's quite common for people once they hit 40 or 50 to start thinking more broadly about uh, meaningful experiences and how to contribute to their community. That's just something that generally happens as you become a uh, an elder, as it were. Um, so there's a, there's a high chance that, you know, your therapist is wanting to do good. Well, an AI doesn't want to do, to do good. It just does what it's programmed to do. So again, um, you know that the human therapist is intrinsically motivated to help you, whereas an AI therapist uh, is probably not intrinsically motivated to help you. It's probably financially motivated to help you, and that incentive isn't coming from the AI. It's coming from the person who wrote the code and the company that owns the owns the IP or whatever to the app, who owns that platform. They're just like, let's, get, let's make some fucking money. Um, which also raises ethical questions. So with a human therapist, obviously there's an ethical responsibility. Um, and if the therapist screws up, takes advantage of the patient or... You know, if they make mistakes or if they, you know, there's accountability there. They've given you the wrong advice um, or they've failed you ethically in some other fashion. There's accountability. Whereas who's to blame if the AI fucks with you or gives you the wrong advice? Um, The AI isn't responsible because it's not a thing. Is it the person who coded it? Is it the company? And then you get into the whole problem of, you know, a corporate, how do you, it's that weird thing where it's like a corporation legally is a person, but it has no responsibilities. So, well, who in the company is responsible for, you know, making my partner more depressed through this app? Um, so, well, no one is. It's the company's responsible. All right, well, I'll sue the company. That's fine. Company's got fucking billions of dollars at this point. You can sue it. For 10 million, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with companies and capitalism uh, generally is that once it's a profit motive, there's no such thing as an ethical decision. There's only profitable decisions and non-profitable decisions. So, you know, the famous example of, you know, it's, it's easy for Coca-Cola to pollute the rivers um, and face the fines than investing the money to not pollute the rivers if it costs more to not pollute the rivers than polluting them and facing fines, they'll face the fines. It's all just, it's just a, it's a financial decision. It's not an ethical one. So who will be accountable? Um, an AI robot thing isn't a thing, isn't a person. It's a table that can talk, you know, it's just an object. Um, so there's no accountability there. Um, once it's in there, once it's driven by profit motive, there'll be there'll be temptations to cut corners. So a therapist can have empathy because they've experienced things. An AI hasn't been through anything, uh, hasn't overcome adversity, uh, hasn't faced anything. It has no, it has no idea what you're talking about. It can't relate to you at all because it's experienced nothing similar at, at, at all. Um, 
And then I suppose the um, the other the other thing, the other what lacks going back to that you know walking the walk instead of talking the talk. The the other thing about sitting opposite a human therapist is, is there's something reassuring in seeing that it works. Uh, maybe not all therapists are well-adjusted people. They might be facing their own troubles. You might have a therapist who's really cranky and. But it goes. It goes back to the experience I had at the silent retreat um, two weekends ago. Was it one weekend ago? Gosh, um, can't remember. It was recently. <laughs> How can you not know if it was a week or two weeks? Gosh, concept of time has just gone out the window. Um, but it goes back to that experience at the silent retreat of sitting opposite a human being. Uh, a monk in in this instance who is living proof of the principles that they're preaching preaching in in inverted commas um or espousing you can see that it works and you can see the happiness pouring off them um and so there's something comforting and reassuring getting advice from someone where you can you you get the advice becomes more authentic by the fact that it's you can see it being put to work so whereas an ai again there's no reassurance there you know we need to see when we, human beings are social creatures for starters and we have social intel you can watch someone else do something and go oh that would happen to me if i did the same thing and we can share stories and we can share wisdom verbally. We learn from each other. Um, and so it's a crucial part of the human experience to learn from other people, to observe other people. And so when someone else is giving you advice um, or mental health advice and it's coming from someone who's radiating a certain glow or has a certain vibe about them, plus that warmth, plus that empathy that's where it becomes like the nutritious meal versus McDonald's. Because it's not just synthetic advice, it's home-cooked, yummy, nutritious advice that's got warmth to it. It's not synthetic, battery farm, packed full of additives and preservatives advice, you know. You get that it's true because... The truth is sitting you opposite, opposite you in human form. Um, and sim- same, sitting opposite that monk, you just get that he's not just telling you to focus on your breath because it's something he read on <laughs> Instagram. You know, he's done it. He's done the work and gone to some interesting places in his mind and it's affected him positively. So you know that the it works. Um. And so same for the therapists. They hopefully would have a certain, <laughs> goes without saying, humanity to them. Plus the fact that they've overcome their own stuff or they've experienced, you know, they've had, they've had their own trials where they've had to put their own advice to, in, into practice. All of that comes together um, as, I guess, what you would describe as like the proof of the pudding, Right. Well, AI won't have that. And so there'll be that crucial human element element missing 
of like, well, wow, that AI seems really well adjusted. Well, it's it's automatically well adjusted because it's programmed to be that way. And so that's not useful to me. You know, it's not useful to me to watch a submarine dive underwater for six minutes and come back up. Wow, this that teaches me a lot about how, how to hold my breath. Well, it doesn't because it's a machine. If you watch a human being do some funky breathing exercise and then deep dive in under the water, free dive for six minutes and come back up, you know, then you're like, oh, right. So there's things I can do to help me stay underwater longer. Similarly, if your therapist has been through stuff, not that they probably should ever tell you, but you can just assume that they have. But if they seem well adjusted, it's like, well, if they if they can do it, if they faced life and have come through seeming fairly content and calm, there's hope for me. Um, and that doesn't have to come from a therapist. That can come from friends, you know, other friends who've been through difficult times. If they've got through it, maybe whatever dark bit of the tunnel I'm in right now, maybe there's light at the end of it and I just haven't got to the bit where I see the light bit yet, you know? Um, you can get that from people. But you can't get that from something that hasn't experienced anything and hasn't been through anything, you know? And even if you give an AI fake, like a fake backstory, you know, your divorced AI... You went through a tricky, awful thing and she took, uh, you know, took all your money and your kid and uh, she moved to Venezuela and you never see them again. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, but it hasn't, that hasn't happened. It hasn't been through that at all. It's just pretending to have been through that. So it's worthless. Um, So I think, you know, for these reasons, I think there will be, an amount of net benefit, there'll be people be able to access instant, tailored, customized advice. And for someone who feels alone or that they can't talk to someone um, in that moment, you know, you can get instant access after that shitty meeting, an argument with your spouse. You've had a, you've just had a, somebody just knocked your car with their car and you're feeling a bit. Uh, panicked or anxious about it. It was a bit of a stress, you know, it was a, more than just a light bump. It was a bit of a stressful crash or something. You just need to go, what do I do right now? You boot up the app, 20 bucks a month, always on hand. And it's like, oh my gosh, that would have been extremely stressful for you. <laughs> I don't know why. In the future, robots don't sound like robots, do they? They just sound like people. Um, oh my gosh. Um, the it would, it would just be able to help you right there and then. So I think there'll there'll be, you know, there'll be that, and for people who can't afford the real deep stuff, it'll it'll it will at least be a good support. But again, as per the McDonald's analogy, it'll just be missing the nutritious, wholesome factor that long term will serve you better. And so, yes, AI I think will take a chunk out of, um, yeah, psychological. Uh, your mental health work um, but hopefully not all of it and if it, and it shouldn't shouldn't be allowed to because we're social creatures we need human connection we need 
that person sitting opposite us who has genuine empathy is experiencing real warmth and has lived their own life and so understands what adversity and negative thinking, anxious thoughts feel like. They know that feeling. Not just they know the words to describe that feeling, which is what an AI has. It'll, the AI will know the words for the feeling, but it won't have felt the feeling. You know, it's the same as like understanding how lactic acid and how many reps you need to do to build muscle. It's like understanding that academic, academically versus seeing the muscly fit person who's actually done the exercise and knows what it feels like, you know? Like if, if I want a personal trainer, uh, I, I'm not going to go to the couch potato with a poor diet who happens to have read a lot of books on exercise. Here's what you need to do, yeah? Or, excuse me, bit of gas. I've read all the books, right? Get down and give me 20. It's like, do you really know what you're talking about? <laughs> Seems like you don't know what you're talking about. Can I trust you? <laughs> you know, knowing the words and knowing the language versus living it is different. Anyway, that's that's kind. Of, that's all I wanted to say. Really, is that yes? It, it it'll replace. It'll definitely. You know, a future with AI therapy is unavoidable. And in some small ways, if it, if it serves as like a, a super-powered Google that has instant access to... Oh, the door just left. If it acts as like a super-powered Google that can, you know, um, give you advice in the moment, um, in some sense that'll be good in a Band-Aid type of solution. But for the complex surgery, you know, the deeper stuff, and, and also... Even, even if it isn't deep, but just the repetitive exposure to AI-delivered advice similar to, you know, going to McDonald's twice a week or even twice a month for life, there will be an accumulating, like, compounding... Uh, pr there will be compounding health problems that accumulate over time. Um, and so broadly you know, human help will always be essential. Because also, you know, the perspective of who's giving you the therapy will alter the chance of certain stuff being picked up. Like I was doing a little, one of the modules I just did was talking about, uh, there was a brief mention of eye contact and how it was reviewing a certain case study. And in this certain case study, the, the therapist spotted that the, person at certain key points and wasn't making eye contact but with a with an ai robot therapist you know or just a phone that you're talking to or a webcam or something you might feel less shy about making eye contact because it's a, again it's a table isn't it it's a table with a face <laughs> it's a talking it's a talking cupboard. Um, it's just an object. So there might be certain symptoms that are that come out 
in the presence of people that won't come out in the presence of something synthetic because you'll be less shy or less anxious about talking to the non-human thing. But we, we're humans who've evolved in a human world, right? Or in a natural world, in interacting with a natural, organic, living things. And so it's important that your symptoms around other humans are spotted because that 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 is indicative of the condition, you know? It's like Schrodinger's symptoms. You know, if, if I lock you in a box, deprive you of <laughs> human contact, so well, you, the only skills you need are the skills you need to live in the box. Doesn't then? Well, then you can be as depressed and anxious and OCD and ADHD as you like because you're just trapped in a box. So none of your symptoms matter. <laughs> you know. So if you're talking to an AI therapist, there might be symptoms that don't come out that don't show themselves because you're not in a human situation well we need you to be in a human situation because it's a human society you have to live in you're not going off to live in a matrix pod oh it doesn't matter that she's nervous talking to people eyeball to eyeball because after this therapy session i'm going to plug her into a pod of goo and she'll be in a simulation where she's she can fly and shit, you know, it doesn't matter. Like we have to live in a human world. Um, so a human therapist is is essential to spotting thing, cues and symptoms that might not arise if you're in a room with a with a cupboard that's got a talking face on it. <laughs> I love how I've just, just reduced AI to being a cupboard with a face. But it is, it's an object that can talk. It's not a human, it's not a thing. Um, so that's that's another aspect of um, that's another aspect of synthetic therapy that will be missing is the hu- is the uh, complexities of one's mental landscape that arise in human situations, human to human interaction. Um, you know, it might it might be that you're slightly sociophobic, or you get you know anxiety in public or you can't look your wife in the eye and when you're talking to your therapist you don't look them in the eye and say oh I noticed that you when you're talking about certain topics you look down at the ground Um, that's important because after the therapy session the client has to go back and talk to their wife so it's useful that the therapist picked up on that well if you if you're talking to an AI robot you might look it in the eye because it's not a person and so that will go that will go missed. That symptom will get missed. It's a bit quantum, isn't it? You know, uh, if it's observed, it, it it'll it change. The, the state of things changes when they're observed. But if you're sort of technically being observed by nothing, if you're being observed by something synthetic, some of those things might not pop up. So that's another important feature human-to-human interaction is it reveals problems between humans, which is the whole purpose of our existence is human-to-human interaction. We weren't put on Earth to uh, have meaningful conversations and coitus with tangerines, (laughs) you know. We're here to talk to each other. So 
it's in that context also that therapy should arise. Um, anyway, I'll stop there. Those are my thoughts. Uh, what are your thoughts? I can't hear you. Um, but yes, in short, there'll be some positives, but it'll be like the McDonald's of therapy. Uh, quick, easy, convenient, yummy, seems to fill the gap at the time, but long term, there'll be something missing. But nevertheless, has some utility, I'm sure. But broadly speaking, uh, for reasons of warmth, empathy, genuine human experience, which which also creates wisdom, uh, feeling the feelings and feeling the advice rather than just knowing the words of the advice. So two different things being knowing the words and actually experiencing what the words refer to. That's a world of difference. Uh, and also the importance of a human-to-human-based uh, interaction which will bring more of the relevant symptoms to the fore given that we live in a human world, whereas certain things might, certain symptoms might not arise in a, in a conversation with a with an AI thing. Um, so, them is my thoughts. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. But yeah, when when's the when are the robots going to stop writing poetry and doing art? That's what I want to do. They can. fix my fucking dodgy plumbing and <laughs> clean my house for me please anyway thank you for listening support me on Patreon have a lovely day goodbye